Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. We are here right now, Thursday night, in our fourth installment of our series that we have called Check Yes or No. And we've been talking about the yeses and nos of Christian dating. Last week, uh, we talked about boundaries and pillars. Uh, what we could build our relationship upon, and also some walls we could put up uh, to protect our romantic relationships. And last week, I I said at the beginning, I said this will be applicable for everybody, but I'm kind of talking specifically to those of you who are in relationships. Uh, Tonight, this will be applicable for everybody, but I am currently talking specifically to those of you who are not in romantic relationships relationships. So shout out. And we're going to be in John chapter 4 this evening, John chapter 4. And uh, it is not on the events page uh, because Nate's out of town and I have no idea how to do it. So um, yeah, here we go. John 4. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, You guys ready to do this thing? Amen. So he, Jesus, John 4, verse 3, he, Jesus, left Judea and and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. This is exactly how I typically talk. Sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, asks a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, but you have nothing to draw with. Oh man, I lost my place. And the well is deep. Thank you. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself? As well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may thirst, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. Then the woman answered and said, "Uh, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, Yeah, well said. You have no husband. For you have had five husbands. Jeez. Yeah. 
savage. And the one whom you are now with is not your husband, so truly you have spoke. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Lord God, I ask that as we uh, look at your word tonight, Lord, that you would just speak to us fresh, speak to us new. Lord, I pray that as we are talking of living waters, Lord, that your word would too be living. We believe not in a dead God, but in a risen Savior who who is here in this room. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would do what living things do and be here, be present. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, The other day, uh, Sid was wanting to play with Julianne and I. Sid is currently in a situation in life where he's just desperately in need of like a friend, and uh, and it's it's sad he has friends, but he just needs them all the time. Like like us being old parents, we just can't keep up with a with a two year old, right? Like he's just fast as lightning, and uh, and so he was he was coming around. He was wanted to play with, uh, you know, toys and all the all this stuff, and and I think he was really tired or whatever, and so he would ask for something, and and we'd give it to him, you know, like Dad, I want a book. I want a book. I want Woody Buzz book. I want Woody Buzz book. And so then I would go and I'd get him his Woody Buzz book and I'd bring it over and then he'd open it and he'd look at it for two seconds and he'd be like, ah, I want to take a bath. I want to take a bath. So then I would draw him a bath and he would play in the bath for a couple minutes and then once he gets in the bath, he's like, I want strawberries. Actually, sometimes he wants strawberries in the bath, but lately he's been saying, I want pickles. I want pickles. He wants pickles in the bath, which I don't think he's ever even had a pickle. Um, so sometimes we'll just bring him cucumbers. <laughs> Here you go. Here's some pickles. And, and he'll eat cucumbers in the bath thinking it's pickles. But so, so then he's in the bath, and he, and he wants, wants food. And then he's like, I want, I want milky. I want milky. And, and so I was just tired and maybe a little, just a little frustrated. Sometimes the tone in which a toddler asks you for something is just it just it just is crazy it just drives you it just drives you crazy I love him to death I am not complaining at all this is just reality okay um, and so so that is happening and and me being the the gentle kind of parent that I am I, I like squatted down to him eye level he's like in his towel just got out of the bath and I said I said Sid look at look at daddy if you're not happy with what you have you will never be happy with what I give you. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then like a record scratched and Julianne's standing right next to me and she goes, well, that's an awful mature concept for a two-year-old to grasp, isn't it? And I'm like, okay, well, you try then. If you're not happy with what you have, you're not going to be happy with, with what you're given. And uh, it's too probably, yes, too mature for Sid to grasp. He doesn't get it. He still wants pickles as media- immediately when he gets to the bath. But it's not too mature of a concept for us to, to delve into tonight. And, uh, and we feel like, like Sid, we feel like there are some things that we need in our life. And we feel that, that we need addition. We need something else in order to make us happy. But if you're not happy right now where you are, you're probably not going to be happy with where you end up. 
If you're not happy with the things that you own or the friends that you have right now, uh, you know, you're going to carry that discontentment into new friend groups and as you acquire new things. Because the reality is, is that there is just deep within ourselves, there is a, a desire for, for things and for certain things. And there's a desire within us for relationships. There's a desire we feel as though we've been built for relationships and designed for relationships. There's a a verse in in the Psalms, in Psalm 42, the psalmist writes, he says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul. Now, uh, another translation says, uh, as the deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts. And I'm purposefully not finishing the verse. Because I think uh, a lot of us, we live our life with our, our souls thirsty, but we don't finish that verse, which I'll finish later. As the deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts. And we feel this desperation within ourselves for certain things. And so we begin to look all over the place. Now Jesus, this conversation that he has with this woman at a well in a place called Sychar, he is speaking to a woman whose soul was thirsty. She she had a need within herself and she was looking, it is obvious, that she was looking to relationships to satisfy this thirst that her soul has within herself. She, she, as the deer pants for water, so her soul was thirsty, and she was looking for satisfaction in relationships. Now, I don't think that that woman is far off from maybe a lot of us. That we're not in a relationship. We feel as though we've been created and designed to be in one. And our souls are longing. There's this deep longing for some sort of satisfaction in relationships. But let me tell you, that is not what satisfies. We've got a bunch of stats. Let's do it, okay? 94% of high schoolers have a desire to one day be married. It's an interesting stat. I don't know about the room, and I'm not going to ask. It doesn't matter. 94% people in the room, not in the room, high schoolers, desire to one day be married. But divorce rates in America are still nearly 50%. 57% of students are actively dating, and 61% of students have been in love before. But 62% of students have broken up with someone. 31%, excuse me, 31, 62% of the ones who have dated, okay, um, have broken up with someone. 31% of those who have broken up have actually blocked their exes afterwards. On average, a high schooler would have four significant others throughout the four years of high school, and an average length of each relationship being six months. In Florida, nearly 10% of married people have been married three or more times. And over 9 million couples in the U.S. have been married or excuse me, 9 million individuals have been married three or more times in the U.S. So, here's the reality. 
Our soul thirsts. And a lot of us and a lot of people look to satisfy that thirst in their soul in relationships. And when they do, when they drink of the waters of relationships, they are left thirsty. And I I believe that's because as soon as we start in a relationship, something weird happens. When we're not technically dating someone, we love them so much. They're perfect. As soon as we ask them to be our boyfriend or girlfriend, something switches in our mind. And, And we start being unsatisfied with the person that we've chosen to be our boyfriend or our girlfriend. And so we're kind of ready to jump ship. We immediately start looking at other people like maybe they're better. Or we're like, maybe I I picked the wrong person and I should jump ship. Or maybe I should just start trying to morph this person into being a, a different person, a person that they're not. And we're left unsatisfied. So we break up and then we start another relationship. That person just wasn't the one, but this time the butterflies are the real deal. You know, this time, the relationship will last and I will be satisfied. But the statistics actually show the more serious relationships you get into, the more serious relationships you will get into. Isn't that kind of interesting? We'll move on past that. This is kind of interesting. And so the the reality is is we have a, a thirst in our soul. For, for, to be known and to be loved and to have satisfaction, but we'll never be satisfied drinking from the waters of relationships. The psalmist, what he says is, as the deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And we need to recognize that that, that deep desire to be known and to be loved, and to be wanted, that we think will be satisfied in a relationship, that's not what relationships are designed for. The, the, The longing in our soul that we think is drawing us to the well of dating is actually, or should actually, be leading us to the well of what Jesus calls living water. And this living water will... Satisfy. The goal is not relationships, but a relationship. The goal is not relationships, but a relationship. That, that desire deep within ourselves is not, should not be bringing us to the well of dating, but it should be bringing us to the well that flows living water. But how come we would rather drink from something that doesn't satisfy than drink from something that does. Because I think in the back of our hearts, in the back of our minds, when we desire to be in a relationship, we kind of know it's going to be a letdown, right? Maybe I'm just taking like fairy tales out of your... You know, the movie always ends once a relationship starts. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they're falling in love. Oh, like all this is happening. And then they kiss for the first time and the credits start rolling. It's because that part's actually really unsatisfying. Unless it's like Frozen 2 or something afterwards. And 
And so the movie ends. It's because it's, relationships are unsatisfying to satisfy that thirst. Now, relationships have an incredible purpose. We talked a little bit about that last week. But I want to talk about today, tonight, how we can really drink from the living water. So my first point is to receive the living water is to drink the water. Drink the water. Wow, it's beautiful. Thanks, Shane. And John 7, Jesus, in another instance where he brings up this, uh, this idea of living water is in John 7 and verse 37. He says, On the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus here, and in this text in John, we actually get to see that the living water that Jesus is talking about is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives will satisfy, will bring living water. But Jesus, he tells us how we could actually drink. Because uh, unfortunately, there is not a cup that we can grab that we can just take a swig of the living water and move on. Jesus is speaking, I don't know if you guys know this, but in like a metaphor, okay? He's not really talking about living water because they're out of, it's just like, you you see what's happening? Okay, it's not a real cup of water. Is that okay? We can move on from that? Okay, so the, the living water is a, a metaphor, but the way that we drink it, he says, he who believes in me. The way we drink of the living water is believing in Jesus. Now, I think a lot, of, a lot of the time when we talk about believing in Jesus, we kind of talk about the idea of believing whether or not he exists. You know what I mean? It's like, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I, I believe in Jesus. I totally believe that he exists. Now, that is an aspect of believing in Jesus, but, but Jesus here in, in the story that we're looking at, he is present at a feast and he is standing there in person. He had just eaten a lot of food with people for a couple of days, and they knew him uh, very closely. And so he stands up and he says, anyone who believes in me. Now, they wouldn't have to wonder whether or not Jesus existed. Like, nobody has to wonder whether or not I exist. I'm standing right here. You know what I mean? It's like, believe that I... So Jesus, he's talking about a different aspect of belief. And what Jesus is saying, essentially, is if anyone believes that I will bring true satisfaction to the deepest part of you, I am able to bring that satisfaction. That's what Jesus is challenging. He says, if anybody truly believes that me, Jesus, can satisfy the deepest parts of you, I promise that I will satisfy. And, and the, the longing in our hearts, the brokenness in our hearts, the, the sin that, that 
that separates us from God, we believe that Jesus will satisfy those needs. So we need to believe that, that Jesus will satisfy, that Jesus is actually what our soul is longing for. Do you, do you believe that Jesus will actually satisfy all of your needs? It's a challenging question, I think. Because I think a lot of the times we live like Jesus kind of, you know, wants to help out, but will he, will he satisfy? I, I've been in, in, in situations where people have asked me for prayer for things. And in fact, a couple months ago on a Saturday night, after our Saturday night service, I, I prayed for someone. He was going through a situation and he asked for prayer and I prayed. And then when I said amen, he said, now what? I don't know. What do you mean? I prayed. Like, we believe that like prayer can satisfy, that the presence of God can satisfy. And, and so sometimes there isn't a now what. That's the best thing that I can do. You know what I mean? And, and so, so we, we want Jesus to satisfy. We kind of think he can satisfy, but sometimes we live as though he can't truly satisfy, that we drink from his well, but we still need to dabble around in other wells. And what Jesus is saying is, believe in me, and the Spirit of God will come upon you, and your soul will be satisfied because that is what your soul is longing for. And Jesus makes that promise. And so he says, I, I will satisfy. Drink from this living water, and you will never thirst again. The way that we drink it is believing truly that he can satisfy our deepest needs. No relationship could ever satisfy the, the need within our soul that we are longing for. Only Jesus can satisfy. Point number two is don't drink don't just drink when you're thirsty. Don't just drink when you're thirsty. Um, sometimes I'm very thirsty for water. Sometimes in the middle of Bible studies, and I just keep on trekking with my tongue a little dry because it's just so embarrassing to drink out of this sippy cup in front of all of you guys. But um, I get terribly thirsty. And when I am thirsty, I, I like to go to good old-fashioned water, um, I was thinking the other day, this is totally not in my notes. There's no way on earth that this should ever be written down on paper. But um, is there any other, for lack of a better term, juice from the earth? Just straight from the earth, other than water, that we just, like, drink. No, that's from a cow. It's not from the earth. Water's just like, it's like earth's juice, um, no, those all come from coconuts. You know, yeah, you're not understanding. Like, it just comes from water. It just comes from the earth. I digress. Sippy cup. All right, I'm bringing it back. Bringing it back. Don't just drink when you're thirsty. But, but most of the time, when I am partaking in a beverage, it is not because I am desperately thirsty. Not every single time that I take a drink, not every time that I go into my refrigerator and crack open a Sprite and grab myself some grenadine and make a Shirley Temple, am I desperately thirsty? 
No, that's just not the reality. The the reality is, is I drink other beverages and water, not when I'm thirsty, but because I delight in those things. Because I like to drink Shirley Temples. And I, I can't eat food without having a drink with me for whatever reason. I don't know if that's everybody's like that, but I just can't do it. I just can't handle it all. And uh, gosh, um, so, but we actually, we, de- we delight in certain things. Now, I think that we go to the living water, we go to Jesus so often only when we're desperately thirsty, only when we are so desperately in need for something else that we've tried everything else. That we've, we've gone to, maybe we have not had five husbands, but we have the, the history that's pretty much equal. You know, we go to, to friends, and we go to social media, and we go to other things to try to satisfy these needs within us. And then once all of those things leave us thirsty, then we kind of turn to God. But we aren't to turn to Jesus and drink of the living water and rely on the supply of his spirit only when we are desperately thirsty. But there should be delight in being with God. Psalm 34, 8, one of the most beautiful verses in all of the Bible. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see. Take a a drink of the living water and allow it to to swish around in your mouth and delight in the taste and delight in his presence. And the way that we do that, the way that we we allow, Jesus says that when you drink of of the living water, it will spring up into you, into rivers of living water through your own heart, that the Spirit will come in and and live in you and be with you. But I believe it, it starts with believing and then into delighting, and that river begins to grow as we delight in the taste of the waters that Jesus supplies. And the way that we engage in relationship with Jesus is very simple. Through prayer, we pray, we talk to Him, Through scripture, we read his word and we listen to him. Through worship, we adore him and we praise him and we give him all the glory that he deserves. And then also in obedience. When we, f- we hear the voice of God to do something or we know, uh, you know some of the commands in scripture to not do certain things, we are obedient to his word. And as we commit ourselves to to that relational aspect of being with God, we will delight will begin to develop and will truly know God. And I don't think that we should only pray when we're in desperate need of God to do something in our lives. And I don't think that we should open up our Bibles and run to Bibles and just start like, oh gosh, I'm so lonely and I'm so lost and I'm so whatever. Like, would you speak to me? That we should have a a practice of of developing delight in, in the presence of God and drinking from the living water as often as we can. Because Jesus will satisfy all of our needs. But Jesus will actually satisfy our relational needs as well. I've been speaking mostly 
kind of broad here. That whatever you're going through, let me just encourage you this, that Jesus will satisfy. That's a promise. You'll never thirst again. Now, that doesn't mean you'll never, you'll never drink again. There'll be a river flowing of living water that you can scoop your cup in and drink at any point. It's not that you'll, but you'll never thirst again. You will have what you need. You'll be supplied what you need. But Jesus also should satisfy that need within ourselves that we think is leading ourselves to relationship. Now, back to our text in John 4. It's been a while since we've been there, and I apologize. It's very interesting. In the first verse that we read, in verse 3 of John 4, it says that Jesus went through Samaria because he needed to go through Samaria. Now, this whole story is very interesting because of the the social uh, context that it's all taking place in. And I am going to bore you for a couple minutes. Is that okay? It's like, you've been doing it already. So, Jesus needed to go through Samaria, which is a very interesting and, and important thing that's happening. But then also we are told that it's about the sixth hour of the day that Jesus finds himself at this well in the place called Samaria with this woman. Now, it was very uncommon in those days for someone to go and, and pull uh, water from a well in the middle of the day because in the middle of the day it's very hot. Okay, now coaches don't quite understand that, that like a three o'clock practice is really hot, but they just love to do it. But back in, you know, thousands of years ago, people actually understood that concept, that they would wake up early and they would go to make their journey to the well and they would pull their water and they would bring the waters back. And it was actually the, the women that would often do this, and it was kind of a, a way that the women in the community would socialize with one another. They would get up, and they would all go to the well together, and they would draw water, and they would bring it back. So the fact that this woman, this Samaritan woman, one is in the waters in the afternoon is very strange. She's going to the well, at a very strange time because it's not it's likely that she would want to have a buddy or want to be with someone but also it's very hot it seems as though she's trying to avoid someone and maybe it's because of her reputation in the community because she has had five husbands who knows but then it's also it's very strange for her to be at the well are you guys following with me But then it's also very strange that Jesus himself would be at this well. At the time, uh, there's a place that they're talking about is called Samaria, which is in kind of the middle of Israel. But the Israelites or the Jews, they did not like the Samaritans, not one bit. And the reason for that being is at one point while the Jews were, or the Israelites were taken captive by one of their captors, that uh, part of, of their people began to have children with the Assyrians. And part of, uh, of the call of the Israelites being the people of God was that they were supposed to keep their family pure. And so they weren't to have 
children outside of any other nation apart from theirs because they wanted the Messiah to come straight through the Israelites. And so the, these Israelites, while they were taken captive, began to have children with the Assyrians, and so they became this kind of half-breed non-Israelites, but then still acting like they were Israelites. Are you following with me? Not only was it this kind of weird half bloodline thing, but they also began to add on to the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures that the Israelites followed. And so they became this kind of weird half-breeded people and half-breeded religion. They actually built their own temple in Samaria, and the Jews actually burned it down. And there's this whole big conflict. And because of this conflict, you guys still with me? Because of this conflict, it was very unlikely that Jewish religious people, or rabbis in particular, would walk through the land of Samaria. Because they could just go up to, I believe, the Jordan River and walk around as they were going north and south like Jesus is here in this story. So when we look and we see in in verse 3 that Jesus needed to go through Samaria, it's very interesting because Jesus is a rabbi and, and Jesus is a devout Jew. He is a follower of God. And so the fact that he would be mingling with a Samaritan is very interesting. In fact, John kind of puts that excerpt that Jews do not typically hang out with Samaritans. But we see here that Jesus needed to be with this woman. This woman who it seems like she is avoiding everybody else in her community. It seems like she is going at a certain time not to be seen, but Jesus sees her. And Jesus meets her exactly where she is. And in the nation of Israel, the Samaritans, they would have been probably the, the outcasts of their society. And within the Samaritan society, This woman is the outcast. She's the outcast of the outcast, and Jesus is meeting her exactly where he is because he desires to be with her. And that is honestly a picture of what the whole gospel is. Us, who the Bible says was dead in our trespasses and sins, we were broken, sinful, separated from God, if out of all the, you know, the spiritual beings and all of this, humanity seems like we're kind of the outcast. And we're broken and sinful humans. We're the outcast of the outcast. But Jesus, he needed to meet with us. He needed to draw near to us so that he could give us a drink of his living water, the same as the woman. And I just think, as, we're, as I'm reading this story, and as I'm considering relationships, isn't all of our desires to just be wanted, to be known, and to be loved? Isn't that it? If we could boil down like all we long for in friendships or in, in relationships is for someone to want us, to be around us, to know us, to like really know us, and to love us. And here as we read this story, Jesus Not only did he want to be with this woman, but he needed to be with this woman. And he comes and and he meets with this woman and and he begins to tell her things about herself that that she's never told anyone or never told Jesus. And, and, And Jesus knows her and cares for her so deeply 
And he loves her enough to give, us what she, to give her what she's looking for. And that's the same with us. And so often I feel like we, we stop in, in that psalm, our soul is thirsty and we begin to look all over the place. We look to find you know, things that will satisfy our desire to be wanted. And we look all over the place to, to satisfy our desire to be known. And we look all over the place to satisfy our desire to be loved. And Jesus is standing with no water pitcher offering us a drink. It says, you can drink from the living waters of knowing me and being relation, in relationship with me and you'll never thirst again. Because the water that I give you will spring up within you and will flow rivers of living water as the Holy Spirit comes upon you and satisfies those deepest needs within your soul that you don't even know you're longing for. 